Given the volatile nature of the markets, should you time the market and change the asset allocation of your retirement investment portfolio? How should you allocate your pension? What about your thrift savings plan? Should your equities be in a brokerage account, a Roth IRA, or a traditional IRA? Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, we're talking all about asset allocation and asset location. Plus, diversification versus concentration, calculating how much you'll have in retirement, how to get there from here, and Joe's favorite, negative listener feedback. I'm producer Andy Last, and for the first half of today's podcast, Big Al joins us once again via Skype from his vacation in Hawaii. But he'll be back in studio with me and Joe for the second half of the show. Now, here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. We got Steve. Alan, he writes in from San Diego. He goes, hi, Joe and Al. And yes, Andy, too. Uh, I'd like to hear your take on concentration versus diversification. The show's great. What can I say? You could say that, Steve. That's exactly what you say. The show is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Screaming out loud. Tell your friends. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Make them listen to this nonsense. Yeah. What do you think, Al? What say you on this? I'd like to hear your take on concentration versus diversification. Well, I have a question. I know what, what? diversification is. What is concentration? Concentration is holding one stock. One. Or it's the, it's few, the opposite. Few. Yeah, it's the opposite of yeah. diversification. It, it's, it's holding very few stocks uh, or very few investments. Diversification is a globally diversified portfolio, which is what we typically recommend. So honestly, I like them both for different reasons. So concentration tends to be a really good way to build wealth, albeit it's a lot more risky. And let me explain. So if you have a a skill or idea and can set up a company, then you're basically concentrating your energy and efforts and probably your investments in that one company. If the company does well, you'll probably do a lot better than, say, a globally diversified portfolio. On the other hand, if the company doesn't make it and four out of five don't make it within one year, then you've lost all your money and you did worse. So concentration is risky. They're high payout, but huge consequence for failure. But if you do get the right stock, if you work in a company and can get company stock and that company goes way up, you can earn certainly more than the, than the stock market. So I like concentration for wealth building, but you just have to understand there's a lot of risks. That being said, once you've made a certain amount of money to live off of, you definitely want to focus much, much more on diversification because how you actually make money is way different than how you keep money. And so a lot of folks that make money, they just want to keep being aggressive through retirement and they actually get that one or two or three stocks that doesn't do well and then they've got to go back to work. We typically, most of our clients are either thinking about retirement, in retirement, or at least starting to save for retirement. And I kind of like diversification for that. But when it comes to, you know, maybe some of your investments to create wealth, I'm, I'm fine with concentration. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you hundred percent. I think it all really depends on what the goal of the individual is as well and what they're trying to accomplish. But let, let's say you got a 30 year old that has 20, you know, inherits a hundred thousand dollars from grandma. Um, I guess our advice wouldn't be, you know, put it all in Netflix stock, right? I think your your definition of concentration would be potentially, hey, if you are that business owner, because how you build wealth is, you know, taking on extreme risks, and I don't think of a bigger risk than building a company, right? 
Yeah, I totally agree. I think the, my definition of concentration, as I mentioned it, was building your own business or working for a company or buying a rental property. Now you're concentrating, trying to increase your wealth more than, say, a, a globally diversified portfolio. In that example, Joe, let's say you, you inherit 100000 which you've never had before. I would probably put at least 80000 in a diversified portfolio. If you want to sort of play around and gamble with another, the other 20, 10 or 20, let's say, in two or three stocks, that I'm okay with that. Uh, but just understand, you're taking a lot of risk, and it may or may not pay off. All right, cool. Thanks for the question, Steve. Asset allocation question. Hey, Joe, Big Al in Andy. This is Benji in San Diego. I'm a longtime listener and a huge fan of you guys, although now that I've retired and my internal time clock has adjusted, I have to admit that I no longer get up at 6.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings to catch your TV broadcast. Thank you so much for sharing your financial expertise in such an entertaining, straightforward manner. And I very much appreciate your past interviews with the likes of Paul Merriman and Larry Swedrow. The amount of quality information that you provide is truly amazing. At times, I feel a bit guilty about getting such useful information while not being a client. Well, yeah, I think it's time you start paying us, Benji. Me too. <laughs> Andy will send you a bill. <laughs> Oh, make me do it. <laughs> no. um, but that feeling passes quickly. All right. Whatever. He's not too guilty. Yes. Uh, seriously, though, there will come a time when someone else will need to manage our finances when I'm gone, since my wife has no interest in your firm will be top of our list to speak of. Well, thank you very much, Benji. Now that I'm retired and increasing my fixed income portion of my assets, I have a question regarding the asset allocation of my three accounts. I have a tax, uh, taxable account, seven hundred thousand. Traditional IRA of one point one million and a Roth IRA of six hundred thousand. Background: Retired at sixty-six, with retired wife at sixty-five. Neither with pensions. Waiting until seventy to take Social Security. Making Roth conversions over the next five years until we have to take RMDs, so that the values of the traditional IRA and Roth IRAs are about equal. Annual expenses of eighty thousand dollars. Social Security will be about sixty, including mine and spouse. If I assume that we want a 50-50 split between fixed income and equity assets, where should the equity portion be held? My understanding is that the preferred order of preference is a taxable brokerage account, then the Roth account, and then the traditional IRA. In any case, I plan to keep about $100,000 in cash in the brokerage account to live off of and replenish as needed. So that means for equities, we'll have 600000 in taxable brokerage, 600000 in Roth IRA, and zero in traditional IRA. Does that seem reasonable to you? All right. So asset location question here, Alan. Not really an asset allocation question. Right. So if he's got a 50-50 split, right, I would put equities in the Roth, fixed income in the taxable account, and I might use tax-exempt bonds in the taxable account if I do not have any IRA assets. I actually agree with you, Joe, completely. And, and furthermore, I would say um, if the Roth IRA has 600000 and so 50%, it's going to be a little bit more than 600000 So you're going to put some uh, equities in the brokerage account. Then you want to put your more aggressive equities in the Roth, such as small companies, U.S., value companies, U.S., emerging markets, international. Because even though these asset classes are more volatile, uh, they tend to perform better than others over the long term. And I want the long term, I'm talking 10 years. And that's no guarantee. They just tend to outperform the other asset classes. And you want your higher growth in the Roth IRA. 
Uh, but Benji, I don't understand your math because you have seven hundred thousand dollars right now in a taxable account, one point one million dollars in an IRA, and six hundred thousand already in a Roth. He's saying that he wants to do some Roth conversions over the next five years. He's sixty-six. His RMD is not till seventy-two. Right, so he's got time to live off of the traditional brokerage account to spend that down. So he's got some cash, right? He's pushing out Social Security till age seventy, so he's got a four or five year window, right? And so he lives off of eighty thousand dollars. Take the eighty thousand dollars from the brokerage account, and then you're going to do conversions from the traditional IRA to the Roth IRA. But you'll have a lot more money in the Roth IRA because you're converting probably maybe close to. $100,000 a year for the next five years. So the brokerage account is probably going to be close to zero. You're going to have a lot more money in the Roth, but you're still going to have money in the traditional IRA, and I think that's okay because then you can start taking distributions from the traditional IRA at age 70 up to a certain tax bracket right? to keep yourself in the 10%, 12%, depending on where brackets go, and then you can supplement your other income from the Roth. But you're only spending eighty thousand dollars a year in sixty, so he needs twenty grand from the the portfolio. So I mean, he's clean living. No, he's been watching us, Al. I mean, look at how good of a position he's in, and he's only going to get better over the next five years. Totally agree, and I think that's often missed is when people retire and they've got brokerage accounts that they can live off of, and it's before Social Security. They're in this super low tax brackets. That's absolutely the best time to do some larger Roth conversions and fill up those lower brackets. And now with the RMD, with the SECURE Act pushed to age 72, there's even more time. So th yeah, this is, I agree, Benji. You can put yourself in a great situation here. Yeah, so he converts at least $80,000, let's say, keep him in the 12, 80,000 times, you know, five years. That's 450, 500 grand, depending on, you know, whatever. So he's going to yeah. have $500,000 in the retirement account. So his required distribution is going to be twenty grand. You take $20,000, that's probably going to be below the threshold for taxation of Social Security. So all he needs to do is just take out that RMD, right? That's covering his lifestyle. And then if he wants more money, go on a trip, spoil, he takes it out of the Roth, it's 100% tax-free. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And I think a lot of times people don't realize you don't have to convert everything out of your traditional. In fact, you don't really want to convert everything because if you do, you're, you're not going to take advantage of the lower brackets in retirement, right? And, and some people actually want to contribute to charity through their retirement. And there's that qualified charitable distribution that you can make directly from your IRA so it's not taxable to you anyway. So I guess the concept of, of wanting to convert everything is, is not necessarily something that we agree with. It's, uh, you you kind of want to have that tax diversification. Benji, I'm sending you a bill. You're welcome. <laughs> we got Ray. Uh, he writes in from Minneapolis. This I'm, one's in all caps, so I think you have to yell it. I know. <laughs> Ray is like super excited. You mean louder than he normally does? Yeah, right. Yeah. I work part-time, 25. Who types in all caps? Ray does. Does, Ray, doesn't Ray he does. know that means like you've got to scream this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> like he's really excited about his withdrawal strategy here. He is. Um, all right. I work part-time 25K a year and have a mortgage of 14000 that I'm paying off this year with double E bonds. I have double E bonds that pay out for four years for 173000 Should I collect Social Security this year at age 65 or forego this year? All right. I plan on retiring in 2021 and not working and possibly not collecting Social Security at full retirement age. 
I also have a pension payout of $15,000 a year for five years that is delayed one year from date of leaving work. I also have Roth accounts and cash and mutual funds. What is the most tax efficient to approach this? I hope I gave you enough info. Uh, well, let me start with this, Ray. Uh, you didn't even come close to giving us enough info. <laughs> we didn't even scratch the surface. This is like it's all caps, and I don't even understand what the hell you're doing here. But I'm well, going to try my best. That. Why don't you explain what a Series EE bond is? Let's start with that. It's a double E bond, Al. Yeah, but how does it work? Well, you can invest in a double E bond. It's a zero coupon bond. So let's say he buys them for $50, and then when they mature, it's worth $100. So he's got Wait, four years for 173000 So over the next four years, they're going to mature at 173000 bucks. But you pay the taxes as you go, right? Or do you pay it at the end? No, you pay them as you go, but it's a phantom tax. Yeah. I believe with double E bonds, but some of it could be tax free as well if you use it for education. If there's certain circumstances where double E bonds interest is tax free, right? Anyway, so I work part time. He's making twenty five thousand. He's got a mortgage of fourteen. He's going to pay that off, but I don't know how much money he's spending, right? So Ray, here's what you do: you first start looking at how much money that you're spending on an annual basis. Let's say you're spending fifty thousand dollars. If you got Part-time work of twenty-five thousand. The shortfall is going to be another twenty-five grand. Then you kind of take a look at where should you be pulling the another twenty-five thousand. You have a pension that's going to come in the year after you retire. What's that going to look like? What is your Social Security benefits going to look like at full retirement age if you take it earlier or if you wait until age seventy? Do you have another assets that you can pull from to collect the other twenty-five thousand? So it's just kind of simple math that you have to kind of run through to figure out what is going to be the most tax-efficient strategy for you. Uh, right now, you pay the double uh, E bonds. That's probably not going to pay any tax whatsoever because you're in a fairly low tax bracket. As they come due, you pay out the mortgage. Now you got the standard deduction. Yeah, so we need a lot more information to kind of give you the, the right idea. Um, so if you want to write us back and tell me how much money that you're spending what total assets that you have, what your Social Security benefit's going to be, what your pension benefit's going to be, then Big Al and I can kind of dive in the numbers a little bit better for you and give you better advice. Let's go to, help me out here, Minerva. 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 What? Minerva. 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 I like it. All right. good name. It's made up. Minerva. Did you make it up? Yes, I did. Oh, my God. Minerva was the Roman goddess of wisdom. All right. But Minerva. Named, she specifically well, asked to have her name changed to protect the innocent. Okay, well, why did you pick Minerva? Just because I wanted like, to hear you try it, Joe. Like, versus Stacy. Because yeah, that's boring. Barbara. Minerva is really interesting. Minerva, you know, jeez. Because <laughs> you knew probably couldn't pronounce it. It was so much fun watching you try. Okay, good. All yeah. right. Hell. <laughs> it starts it with starts. hell. Okay. Hello, Joe and Al. <laughs> I have a question to uh, she either. She actually did type hell. <laughs> uh, to I have a question to either one of you. I'm wondering how much I would have by the time I turn 65 and age 70. I just turned 63 this month and planning to work until age 65, then quit unless the company lays me out before 65. I love that. Quit. I'm out. Some people say retire. Minerva says quit. Uh, yeah. I am planning to claim the MRD or RMD at age 70. 
I don't know how to calculate the gain and loss from my investment, so I hope you can help me out. I currently have combined assets. We got Fidelity, Prudential 401k, Roth, CDs of 1.3 million bucks. I'm currently contributing $2,148.45 a month to company-sponsored 401k plan and $358.08 a month to Roth, both at Prudential. My personal CD has over a little over $100,000 already included in the total asset I mentioned above and currently at 3%. It will mature a year this April, but planning to reinvest. I've set automatic contribution increase to my 401k, Roth at 1%. Every annual pay increase, so I don't have to worry about it. Then depending on how much pay increase I get each year, I normally add about 50% of my pay raise as well. Currently, I'm contributing 35%, so this year it will be 36 or 36.5. My total annual base salary is a little over $92,000 with an annual increase of about 2.5%. Additional 401k and Roth annual contributions of 35% deducted from my annual bonus of approximately $19,000 per year, even though I've been receiving an average of $16,000. I don't normally include it in the calculation because it's not guaranteed. Can you please explain how much... What I have by age 65 and age 70. I'm not a big fan. Oh, I am a big fan of your show. Excuse me. (laughs) And I never miss watching it every Sunday morning. And if I do miss it, I log and watch it online. Uh, P.S. Please, if you plan to read my question on your show, please do not mention my real name. Uh, We didn't. We made up Minerva for you. (laughs) We did. All right. So, so well, what she's asking a, for just a calculation, right? So, you got a calculator handy, Al? Yes, I do. What do you want to do? This we need e money for this. We this is, <laughs> but we're we're gonna, we're gonna come close. How about that? All right. So she started at about one point three million. Yeah. So we went, we'll go with that figure. And then say she's saving twenty five hundred bucks a month. Yeah. So we'll call that thirty grand. All right. So she's so gonna I, save thirty. So I'm, I'm just gonna do it this way, real simple. So. 1.3 million times, I'll just say 5% as an average rate because there's CDs in there. So that's 65,000 of growth plus the 1.3 million plus 30,000 of savings. So that's a million three ninety-five. So it's about 100,000 a year. So by 65, you got about a million and a half, right? Another five years, it's going to be something north of 2 million. That at least gives you a ballpark. Yeah. Well, how are you doing math? Do you have your HP 12C or are you doing it on your phone? What are you doing? I have an HP 12C on my phone. Okay. Got it. <laughs> I just, but I didn't use it for present value. I just did 1.3 million times 5%, 65,000, added 30,000 of savings. So it's close to 100,000. So so between growth and savings, it's about 100,000 a year. I'm just, you know, just ballpark, right? Yeah. All right. So Minerva. Just something like that. Yeah. You're going to have a couple million bucks. So unless you quit slash yeah. retire. I think you're you're in great shape. Minerva, if you want a, a better answer, you're going to need to get with a financial planner that has uh, financial planning software because there's a lot of variables in here, such as your contribution increasing each year, and you've got different kinds of assets at different growth rates. So th- we just gave you a, a back-of-the-envelope uh, you know, quick calculation. Based on Minerva's question and Bruce's coming up a little later, a number of you, our faithful YMYW listeners, are wondering where you stand financially as you approach retirement, and you're hoping that things are looking good. Luckily, Big Al can help you figure it out. Get a copy of Big Al's Quick Retirement Calculator in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. 
Mom. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app, and you'll find it along with the transcript of today's whole show. Or maybe you're like Benji. You're an avid listener to the podcast. You watch the YMYW TV show, but you're not quite sure if your portfolio is where it should be. You've got four options. Number one, you can keep plugging along, keep listening, and hope for the best. Number two, you can click Ask Joe and Al on air in the podcast show notes and send in your money question like Benji did. Number three, Southern Californians can sign up to attend a free retirement class, also right there in the show notes. Or number four, find out exactly where you stand and what you might want to change. Click the free assessment button and get a thorough two-meeting financial assessment with a certified financial planner at no cost. All right, uh, we got Susan. She writes in from Escondido. Uh, love the show. Been recording the Sunday TV show and listening to the podcast. I vote for daily podcast also. That's three. <laughs> daily. Wow, that's a Actually, lot of yeah, content. Actually, yeah, that's the first person that's asked for daily. We're, we're going to need people that have said a, more than once. We're going to need a lot more questions. Absolutely not, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> I have no desire. I could just put out daily. one a day. That's you know one question. There you yeah, go. We that, can do that it. We got two minute. Podcast. Oh, people would be so pissed. Um, all right. Uh, sh- she's got two friends that are clients of Pure. Oh, Ever okay. heard of that company, Al? I have. All right. And love their advisors. I've taken a class, thought it was great. Don't have enough funds to be managed, but I'm working on it. Well, good for you, Susan. Um, some details are I'm single, have been for years. I was a stay-at-home mom until 1998 when I started work at the post office. I'll be 61 this year, been looking at retirement. My Social Security will not have 35 years, maybe about 25. My pension from the post office will be about $1,100 a month before taxes, and I pay for health care. I still have a mortgage on my home, about $158,000. Payments are low, $1,100. I like to pay it out before I retire, but I don't really see that happening. It's cheaper than rent, though. You got that right. My main question is the TSP. I have 7% going into into the traditional to get the match and have $400 a month going into the Roth, which I only started last year. A total of 15% going into my TSP. All right, so TSP Thrift Savings Plan for federal employees. I have $300,000 in my TSP, 28% in the G Fund, 63% in the C Fund, 10% in the S Fund. All current contributions are 100% in the C. Should I reallocate some of the funds? Should I keep 100% going into the C? I've kept it aggressive trying to play catch up. I thought about 10 to 20% in international and 10 to 20 going into the S with the balance going into the C. It looks like I'll have to keep working so I can maybe think of retirement at 65. I am debt free except for the house. I have six months emergency fund. I have 45,000 in non-retirement mutual funds and I have uh, since 1997. That's the balance now. It's been a great performer, allowing me to pay for three children's weddings, go to extensive uh, extended vacations with my kids, and pay for home improvements. I've never added to it, and I just rolled the dividends. It is AB Large Cap Growth Fund. Okay, well, and Washington Mutual Investors Fund Class A. One advisor told me I had too much equities, and I had too much risk. It's been good to me all these years, all through the storms. Also... Does it make sense for me to roll my TSP into an IRA when I retire so I can convert to Roth? Or am I too old to mess with it? Again, I love the show with all three of you, and I listen all the way to the derails. 
<laughs> derails. What the hell is the derails? That's where you guys go off on a topic that is completely non-financial. So I oh. put that stuff at the end and I call it the derails. And people oh. love them. Oh. That's where you guys spend five minutes laughing hilariously at your friend who listened to audiobooks at 10 times speed. Oh. Stuff Got like it. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so and he, and so he he listens to like fifteen books a week. Yeah, so yeah, he does. <laughs> Best so, part. So if you if you don't want to hear our banter or what, ban- just not nonsense, yeah. nonsense. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, then, then you, you, can just, you don't have to just yeah, cut exactly. it out or just fast forward to it. But yeah. a bunch of people or if that's love all, if those. That's all you want to yeah. hear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't even know her question. Should well, she, oh, she allocate her TSP? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's her main question. Okay. Let um, here, here you go, Susan. I think you're doing a good job by putting everything into the C fund. As a um, contribution. As a contribution. I would not split up the, the $300,000, 20% international, 40% C fund, and another 20% in small cap. I think that's too aggressive. I agree with your advisor, whoever that you talk to there. Because you're looking at retirement in the next, what, five years or so? You want to keep what you got, but the, the contributions that are going in, you can take a little bit more risk because if the markets go down, you're, you're just buying more shares. It's called dollar cost averaging. So I think I'd be a little bit more conservative on the balance of the 300000 maybe 60% in the G fund, 20% in, or maybe 10% in the S fund, 20% international, and the rest in the C fund, something like that. I mean, this is not a recommendation, Susan. So if the market goes down, don't come back and sue us. Uh, but it's just a, a thought, food for thought. Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of times when people get close to retirement, they want to get super conservative, and we see them actually going too conservative. And the point is, when you're 61, you may live into your 90s, so you do still need to have growth. But I also agree, Joe, you don't want to have so much equity, that by the so many stocks, that by the time you actually need it, you don't have enough to, to, to live off of. And so one of the things that you do is you look at your cash flow needs, and you figure out, what do I need per year? 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, whatever the number is. And that's, let's just say it's 20,000 bucks. So then it's like, well, if I need 20,000 per year, if I need that for 10 years, no matter what the market does, that's 200,000. Maybe that's what I should have in safety. And I'm not saying that's your answer. I'm just saying that is a way that you can look at it when you're getting closer to retirement. But until retirement, you kind of want to stay more aggressive. And, and Susan, be careful with playing catch up. I get it. You know, hey, I have $300,000. I don't want to work for the post office forever because the mail just keeps coming. I get it. Remember that Seinfeld show? Yes. Oh, okay. I digress. Well, this will be on the derails. It's, yeah, it's already. This whole show is on the derails. <laughs> so, but be careful with that thought because, all right, now I'm taking on a lot of risk trying to get really high returns. And then if the market collapse, you lose 20%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a big number. Thirty percent is almost a hundred thousand dollars on your three hundred thousand. Now you're not working to sixty-five; you're working to seventy, seventy-five. Sure. Then you're really playing catch-up. Uh, so you're doubling down on your retirement, which is probably not a great idea. All right, thanks so much for listening, Susan, um, and uh, hopefully that helps. Okay, we got Linda from Pittsburgh, PA. Hello, Joe, Big Allen, Andy. I love your show. I look forward to each Wednesday morning to listen to your new podcast. It's always something new. And interesting. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Linda, from Pittsburgh, PA. I am planning to retire next year. So is my husband. Both are in our 50s. We have 35% of our money in taxable accounts, and the rest is in 401ks and IRAs. Roughly 30% in bonds, 10% in VPALX, uh, 60% in stocks, among them 50 U.S., 50 international, mostly index funds. 
We have a rental income to cover living costs in retirement. All right, that's cool. Currently, we have some extra cash, 40K. I wonder if I should wait until the market goes down, say 20%, and then jump in. Or should I buy more VPALX for safety and dividends? Or buy more U.S. Small Value Index ETF, knowing it will eventually beat the market, but could go down a lot sometime down the road? What are your thoughts? Thank you very much. All right, Linda from Pittsburgh, PA. She's trying to time the market, Alan. Yeah, which we generally don't uh, agree with. It's very difficult to do that, Linda. So you could sit in the sidelines and you're like, I got this 40K in cash and I'm going to wait for the market to go down 20%. Right. That could be a long time. It could. And then let's say the market goes up 100% over that time period. I remember folks were doing that in, uh, what was it, 2012 when we had the fiscal cliff? Oh, yeah. And they were they got out of the market and were waiting for it to drop twenty percent or whatever their figure was. But and then now eight years later, the market keeps going up. Well, two thousand nine too, because it was right when we kind of got through the recession sure. there. And it was like, well, no, we're going to double dip. That's right, dead and cat then, bounce. Yes, all those acronyms. It's a W. <laughs> the, the W. The, w recovery. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, all right, well, let me hold on because hey, the markets had a really good run. I'm going to take some chips off the table, or maybe I just inherited some cash. You know, I'm going to wait until the market drops 20% and then purchase. I would say this, Linda. It sounds like your retirement is is looking pretty good. Um, it looks like you're diversified in regards to your IRAs and non-qualified holdings. Um, you're going to retire in your 50s and live off of rental income, which is awesome. And you got an extra 40000 bucks. I guess we don't know if what her cash reserves are. We don't know if she's got any debt. Uh, maybe kind of take a look at that. Yeah, we don't really know the income needs. And something that people forget sometimes when they retire in their 50s is you got to pay for your own health insurance. So make sure you don't forget that. Yeah, maybe sitting $40,000 in cash on the side. And if you want to play around with it and see if you can time the market, because it doesn't seem like this money is absolutely imperative for them to accomplish their goals. Right. And then I think Alan would agree well, if, if you want to try to time the market, by all means, try. Yeah. You know, who cares? In, in most cases, it's not going to work. Right. But this would be a good education for Linda. Yeah, and I think I've tr- I tried to time the market once, as you as you recall, back in 1990, before the Gulf War. Because, yeah, I was like in eighth grade. Yeah. I don't recall that. Well, I've talked about it <laughs> oh, on okay, the show. Oh, okay, got no, it. You, I didn't call you up at the time. <laughs> yes. What do you think, Joe? <laughs> Should I get, pull out? <laughs> anyway, I got out of the market because I thought, gosh, we're going to war. Gonna, all the stock the stock market's going to crash, yeah. and it went way up. Sometimes war helps the markets out. I learned that. Yes. Uh, but anyway, it's it's very hard to time the market. Our good friend You Larry, know what got us out of the Great Depression? A war. A war. Yeah, okay. that's just, right. Just, yeah, just, 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 saying. Just, just saying. So our good friend Larry Swedrow, when he talks about market timing, he says more people have lost money trying to time the market than find the dip. In other words, the market goes up while you're trying to wait for it to go down. Yeah. So, you know, I think you've done a really good job, Linda. So small cap values down, emerging markets are down. You could look at it like that too. You could overweight asset classes that, that have have not performed that as have well. not performed. Yeah. So true. Um, value stocks have underperformed. Small value specifically has underperformed. Yeah. Well, that is true. Small value and and emerging markets over the past say five years, years or yeah, ten years, years, whatever, have have underperformed other types of assets, asset and, classes. And so you want to take a look, hey, do you have any emerging markets in your overall portfolio? I know you have some international funds, but are those large cap? You know, What type of international 
uh, companies do you own? So you, you know, could spread the diversification by adding another asset class. You could get you know funny with some alternatives. Yeah. Or- Sometimes when people retire, though, they they want to spend more time fixing up their home or going on vacations, and so make sure you got money set aside for that. If not, then maybe the forty k could be for that. Yeah, I, I like timing the market this way. I would much rather buy asset classes that have underperformed that I don't own. Versus sitting in cash, waiting for the market to drop 20% and then try to buy a certain asset class. Yeah, okay. I like that. So It's uh, just a little bit more strategery there, Alan. <laughs> wow. Is that your own word? Uh, that was Mr. Bush. Yeah, I do remember that, come to think of it. Uh, okay. I remember Will Ferrell doing that on Saturday Night Live yes. a lot. Starling from Honolulu, Hawaii. He's emailed us before. Yeah. Hello, Andy, Joe, and Al. My question is about pensions and asset allocations. Hopefully, Joe considers this question a little bit more challenging since he considered my last one a dummy. (laughs) You did? I don't ever recall (laughs) calling Starling a dummy. No, not the the question. Oh, this is a dummy question? I don't even say the word dummy. (laughs) That's rude. Yeah. I wouldn't say it sucked. (laughs) Same, same. All right. Oh, he said, he asked me what to do after age 59 and a half, and you said golf, hike, surf. Perfect. That's what I'm going to do. (laughs) In Hawaii. So, yeah. yeah. And I said, that's a dumb question. Well, you implied it because that was your answer. Maybe because I was just really confused by it. Maybe. You thought it was the softer side, and I thought it was, I don't know. (laughs) Alan really enjoyed the question, Starling. Yeah, I probably answered it that way. Yeah. Okay. um, uh, My apology. Very sorry for considering your question, uh, dummy. But he writes on, I will be in a position at retirement that my pensions and Social Security will cover my retirement expenses, so I'm looking to change the asset allocation for my retirement accounts. Should I include my pensions as fixed income uh, for my overall asset allocation, my retirement portfolio? And that's a really good question. I plan to consolidate all my retirement accounts into a Roth IRA prior to retirement. My Social Security will start at full retirement age, so I don't need to pull from my retirement accounts to delay Social Security. All right. No, this is a really good question. It is a good question. um, He's looking at the fact that I have fixed income, Social Security pensions that are covering my retirement needs. Right. And you could even argue that if you have Social Security and pensions that are covering any portion of your retirement needs, would you consider that fixed income like a bond alternative for your overall asset allocation? So you're using the human capital element of your overall financial life, his fixed income sources, uh, to include in the, the asset allocation decision. Right. Yeah, definitely. If you're going to convert everything to Roth, you don't have to touch the Roth. I would absolutely change the asset allocation to be a little bit more aggressive and weight more towards equities because you don't necessarily need them to live off of, and it could be a really good wealth transfer play, potentially. And I would say maybe another way to say the same thing is you did a little calculation of what your fixed income is versus your spending, and it sounds like your fixed income covers your spending. So then what does that mean you should do to your portfolio? It means you have a choice. You can either go super conservative because you don't need to do go risky, or you could go super aggressive because the market 
fluctuations don't really matter because you can write them out or something in the middle. So you're in a perfect place where you can sort of decide what you want to do based upon your long-term goals and, and ability to handle risk. Yeah, I mean, and that's well said, Al, because, it, you know, you look at me in my 40s, I'm saying take more risk. And Al, you're 60, and you're saying, well, maybe you want to tone it down because why, why take on the risk? If you don't need to. If you don't need to, you got all the fixed income. Why don't you go super conservative so you know if you know whatever happens, you, you have that. So uh, this is a more personal question. I think you look at it as, all right, well, what's the, what's the end goal for the money? Is it for you to live off of? Well, you already told us it's probably not because you already have enough income. But then usually when we say that, they're like, well, maybe I want to spend a little bit more. Right. Because that's why he was asking us, what the hell do I do when I turn 59 and a half? Because he's got a boatload of cash. Right. <laughs> Travel, brother. Have fun. Have fun. Buy an RV. Go ahead and golf. Hike. Yeah. Surf. Golf. Hike. Do some <laughs> surfing. Buy a bunch of golf clubs. <laughs> right. But yeah, that's a little bit more personal. What, what's the money for? Right. Or do you want to give it to charity? Is it going to go to leave a legacy? Um, then from there, then you can kind of back the numbers in to figure out what uh, the asset allocation is going to be. Asset allocation and asset location sound similar, and they are related, but they are very different. One is based on how much risk you're willing and able to take in your portfolio based on your goals. The other may help you save a whole bunch of money in taxes. To dive a little deeper into the topic, I've posted some additional resources on asset location and asset allocation in the podcast show notes. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to get there. Still confused? You know what to do. Hit the Ask Joe and Big Al banner in the podcast show notes, and we'll see if we can confuse you even further. Now, Big Al is once again armed with his HP 12C financial calculator, and he's raring to go. Let's find out more about how to get to retirement from where you are now. Bruce from Joy Z. Oh, like it. Hello, folks. Been listening to your show for a few months, and gotta say, it's very informative. A bit confusing at times, though. Yeah, I, I get it. When I was younger, if there was an exam I wasn't sure about, I'd count the answers I know are definitely right and then determine if I was going to pass. So working backwards with retirement, say I retire at 70 and want a million. So okay. I can withdraw 4% and never run out. Does it mean very quick math? Math, mathly. He actually wrote mathly. I love that word. Very quick mathly. Right. That is at age 60. It would be 500,000. So he's doing the rule of 72 here. Yeah. Your money doubles every 10 years if it's, if it's invested at about 7%. So 500,000 at age 60, it would be a million at age 70. You are correct. And at age 50, it would be 250,000. And at age 40, 125,000. So he's assuming if it grows 6%, $125,000 10 years later, okay, at age 50 is going to be worth 250000 And then 10 years after that, 250 is five. And then 10 years after that, it's a million bucks. Yeah. I'm done with that. Yeah, that is a true statement. Of course, it doesn't factor the additional yearly contributions or that the past doesn't guarantee future, et cetera. I'm close to 40 and only have 40 k What can I do? I'm self-employed, have emergency funds and savings. Does it mean solo 401k and self-direct after-tax mega Roth? Thanks. Just wanted to have some sort of plan in place so I can have peace of mind, less stress, and enjoy life more. All right, Bruce. He's got $40,000. So, all right. 
Do this for me, Alan. $40,000 present value, 8% return, million dollars in 30, call it three years. What's the payment? So we'll figure out what you need to do here, Bruce. And if it's a giant number, it's probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting at 8%, I am getting, call it four grand. A year. 4000 bucks. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, all right, Bruce, this is what you got to do. You got to save $4,000 a year. If you can save $4,000 a year for the next 33 years, I'm assuming you're 37, and so you're going to retire at 70 and you want a million bucks, save $4,000 a year, and if you get 8% on your money, you'll have a million dollars by age 70. Now, and I hate to rain on your parade, but consider this. The inflation? inflation. Yes. Yeah, I was going to so, say, now do the present value yeah, of a million dollars at right. 3.5% clip. So I, I did it the other way. I said, $40,000, how much is to spend the same amount on goods and services? How much do you need in 30 years? Based upon a 3% inflation rate, it came out to about 95000 which means that if you want the same kind of spending at age 70 that 40000 will buy today, you're going to have to have a little bit more. Yeah, but more. he doesn't say he's spending forty grand. He says he only has $40,000. I know, but he's saying he wants a million dollars at 4%. Oh, I got, I, I, got, I, got, I got I got I got I got I got So you, you're going to need more like $2.3, to spend an equivalent amount of what 40000 would buy you today at a 4% distribution rate. So I guess the, the, the point is you're young, save as much as you can, you can do solo 401k, and you can go Roth option, and then just keep jamming, Bruce, and just review it over time. You've got plenty of time to get you to where you want to go. Thanks for listening, Bruce from Joycey. All right, long-term capital gains question from Mark from Longmount, Colorado. Um, he goes, hi, I have a question about long-term capital gains. My understanding is that if my wife and I, married finally jointly, have AGI less than $80,000, that we would owe zero tax on long-term capital gains. My question is, is the long-term capital gain is added to my W-2 interest income to calculate the 80000 threshold or just my base on my W-2 if I qualify for zero? What say you? So he's looking yeah. at kind of some different yeah. forms. All you guys, yeah. look at your... Yeah, let's, let's kind of, let me reframe the... So the answer is it's actually taxable income. It's not adjusted gross income. That's what you need to be concerned about. And yes, it includes all income, including your salary and anything else you have. And if that's still under $80,000 and part of that was capital gains, those capital, the capital gain portion will be tax-free. So if your taxable, gain is 60, or taxable income is 60000 you have $20,000 of capital gains. It would be tax-free, all of it. If it $30,000 of capital gains, 20 of it would be tax-free. You would pay capital gains on 10. That's right. But that, uh, like we know state of California, which does not have that same rule. So you do have to pay capital gains in California. I'm not sure about Colorado. Rocky Mountain Way. He didn't really care for our podcast, Alan. I do remember that. We did laugh a lot on that one. I don't. How do you know which one we're talking about? Well, Andy seems to have inside information. I we, know based on when he left us this comment. Oh, whatever. What it was. It's, 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 Andy gets all bent out of shape. It's, I love it's, these. It's when we were talking about the double speed. I don't know. It goes annoying hosts, giggling and simply sounding like kids. Turn me off. Bye. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> Who's the kid here? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Big Al is a very happy man. He likes to giggle. I do. Yeah, my goal is to make him laugh. So was that in the uh, derails in the pod- podcast? Yes, yeah, it was. He didn't, he didn't, he, he, you he don't made even it have, all the way there. You don't have to go. Yeah, all, you don't, I, I, I guarantee say, you that's not what happened. I tell people there are derails at the end if you want to listen. No. If not, go ahead and cancel out right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I love it. 
I'm sorry that we laughed. Yes. And uh, we, we, we do, sounded silly. We do like to laugh. I, I love laughing. Yeah. It, that, it always makes you feel better. Yeah. Unless you're Rocky Mountain Way. Yeah. Unless he said, he said pie. Rocky Mountain Way. That sounds like a, um, ice cream. <laughs> or it sounds like John Denver, which I love John Denver, and I don't want to equate this guy to John Denver. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I hear you. Okay. So if you... if, if, if uh, No, I can't even say that, can I? You can tell people to subscribe and share it with their friends. Yeah, and, and if and, you do hate it, tell people that yeah, you hate it. And then, yeah, read this. You guy's should comment. listen to this. It's terrible. Uh, that's it for us today. I appreciate you hanging out. We'll see you again next week. Show's got your money well. With all this talk of derails and giggling, there is some of both at the very end of today's episode. So if you like to laugh, stick around. If not, click Ask Joe and Big Al in the podcast show notes and complain. We'll put it in the show. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the free assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and sign up for a free two-meeting financial assessment with a certified financial planner from Pure. If you're in Southern California, we've got offices in San Diego, Los Angeles, Brea, Irvine. Or if you're outside of SoCal, you can get a free assessment via video web meeting. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Let's guess her name. What do you think it is? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, Andy knows. Yeah, Andy the- forgot. <laughs> wow. Oh. Andy's now talking to herself in third person. <laughs> She is. Oh, God, and that's one of the things Joe hates the uh, most, more than anything in the world. I uh, think I'm fired. Joe, Bye, Al. Joe doesn't like people talking to third person. Joe really yeah, gets annoyed by that. Yeah, Joe has a tough time to. reading emails, too, today. We're, we're going to have to have a list that finished the production of the show, I'm afraid. Uh, what, what are you selling, Minerva? Uh, yes. Talk to, uh, <laughs> talk to Pure Financial. <laughs> 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 My God. Look at Al slinging his services. Where's Joyzy? It's uh, you're saying it. Is it Joyzy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They say they say Joyzy. That's this how they say it. You gotta be kidding me! This is awesome. That's what he actually wrote. He signed it, Bruce from Joyzy. Joyzy. <laughs> it's like J O I S E Y. That's how we. That's how he spelled it. Oh, yep. Bruce. Are you sure there's no city called Joyzy? Positive. Okay. <laughs> Joyzy. Okay, you you with this, Al? He's going to work backwards here, just yes. like he did in high school. I, I got it. Right? You got a question? You got... Here's where I want to get to. A, B, I... C, and D? Yeah, right. Uh, the toughest ones, it could be A or C, B I, or D. I think D. the reason, Bruce, you didn't pass this test is you spent so much time counting the questions to figure out whether you were going to pass the test. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they were time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he's got, I got that one right. Nope, that one's off. Nope. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that forget so about it. And then he quits halfway <laughs> through. I'm time, not going to pass this one. <laughs> just guess. Who cares? <laughs>